Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now a bunch of news updates. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. And if you've got a tip or a story you want us to cover here on the podcast, you can email us at comicbookclublive at gmail.com or hit us up on any social network at Marvel Vision Pond. But let's get into it. Well, wait, I I do have a lot of emails from um, kfeige at kfeigerules.com with a bunch of tips. Oh, like tips? I should read, forward read them like, to you. Just like the first one, whatever the first one is in your inbox. Oh, oh, no problem. Um, it just says, I'm going to D.C. I don't know what that, like Washington, oh D.C.? Wait. I don't know. Yeah, like Washington? Yeah, he's probably going to Congress. Mr. Yeah. Feige goes <laughs> to Congress. We need to make Iron Man real. He says <laughs> to Congress. They'd be like, uh, sure, sounds good. That's <laughs> we how the government that anyway. works. You just walk into <laughs> Congress, demand something, and they're like, no problem, we'll do it immediately. We're good at yeah. that. It's like being a kid and going into the kitchen where your parents are. (laughs) All right, let's get into the big news. This actually does tie into Kevin Feige. This week was all about network upfronts where the networks present Uh, their fall schedules and the streaming networks present their fall-ish schedules to the advertisers. They're trying to sell advertising, so they talk a lot about schedule stuff. They try to do some big announcements. I know a lot of folks were wondering if they were going to make any sort of announcement about Jonathan Majors, and I was like, no, they're not going to talk about the guy who was potentially up at a domestic abuse trial uh, in yeah. front of all their advertisers. That's not going to happen. That's not. Hey, advertisers, <laughs> we got problems. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, no, they're basically they're selling themselves as much as possible. And at the Disney one, Kevin Feige talked all about Marvel's upcoming schedule when it comes to TV. He, of course, talked about Secret Invasion, which is coming up on June 21st. But he also dropped two pieces of news. Specifically, Loki season two will begin streaming on Disney Plus on October 6th which Mm. we'll get to a little bit about that in a second. And the bigger news is that he mentioned Echo is going to premiere on November 29th, and all episodes are going to be dropping at once. Oh, that means they must love it. They must love the show so much. Got to get it out there as quickly as possible. It's like when I go to a fancy restaurant and I get the appetizer, entree, dessert, and check all at the same time. (laughs) I got to get out of here. (laughs) Yum. I don't want to taste this. I just want to get it over with. (laughs) Could you make it into some sort of shake for me, including the check, please? (laughs) Yes, check, please. Uh, Yes, exactly. So, yeah, let's talk about this. There's obviously been a lot of speculation and talk online about all episodes. And we should note, I believe there's six episodes, but they haven't really confirmed the episode count, I don't think, for either of these necessarily. But... Assume six episodes, all dropping on Wednesday, November 29th. What's your take on this? They must not be super excited about this show. Uh, you know, a lot of what sh- what networks and, and studios have to spend on their shows and movies is the marketing. And if you're just dropping your show in one big lump, like throwing a big old boulder into the water rather than skipping it uh, lovely across the water, you maybe don't care about as much and maybe you don't want to spend that extra marketing money, which can be as much as the budget on some projects on the show. So my takeaway is it's not going to be something that's great. Yeah, I I think to take it a little bit more positively, it's possible it could be good. It could be fine. It could just be that they don't have a lot of confidence in it. And to that end, uh, to give a little caveat here in case anybody's wondering, obviously lots of streamers dump dump, uh, drop all of their episodes one day, Netflix, uh, 
created the binge model. That's their whole thing. Um, But it's a little bit of a rarity for Disney+. Plus. Marvel certainly has never done it before. It's never been done with a Marvel show. I don't think it's been done with a Star Wars show. They did it recently with the Muppet show. The Muppets Mayhem was all dropped in one day. So it isn't like they're not dropping things in a binge model, but this is a rarity for Marvel is the thing that's going on. And I think in general, a lot of people talk about how the binge model is actually looked at as not as good as it used to be. It used to be like Netflix is dropping. It's great. But now most shows are, then maybe you get two or three episodes to kick it off, get people interested, but then you want that sort of long tail on it. So the show can be part of the conversation. So a show like this, yes, it could be not good, but another thing on the more positive side it could just be it could be great. It's just not part of Marvel's plan anymore. Mm-hmm. Their plans have shifted significantly since this show is greenland and even made. So maybe this is just like, you know what? We're not going in that direction. We are not doing as much stuff in general, so they just want to sort of put this out there and then move on. Well, yes. So schedule-wise, and uh, this is obviously all speculation here. Again, they haven't really talked about why they're doing the binge model. They just announced that they're doing it. But if you look at the schedule, you've got Loki Season 2. If there's six episodes, that brings us to basically through November, pretty much right up until the Marvels, which comes out, I believe, on November 11th, if I remember correctly. Then you got a couple of weeks space, and then you have Echo coming out on November 29th. Also throw in the Star Wars shows, Ahsoka is probably, it starts in August, so it's probably going right up until pretty much when Loki starts. And then presumably there's the Star Wars show Skeleton Crew, which is more about a a bunch of kids who are Mm. on the run in the Star Wars galaxy, is probably going to come after Echo in December as like a family show or something like that. So you have that cadence that might be part of it versus having the overlap of Echo running for six weeks and then running into whatever they have planned for December. So there's that to be said. But there's the also the other part of it, to be frank, there's been an enormous amount of, I would say, undeserved if negative feedback about female-focused shows from Marvel. That Specifically, review bombing for Miss Marvel, definitely review bombing for She-Hulk, you and I didn't love She-Hulk, but I think the people who were review bombing She-Hulk didn't like it for a different reason than you and yeah. I didn't like it. So this might be a way of kind of avoiding a six-week conversation about that, particularly when you also have Alakwa Cox, who plays Echo, who I think everybody loved in Hawkeye, but this is her second role or will be her second role. Um, you also have – so you have a – indigenous actress who as uh i'm trying to remember the right terminology but uh, not hard of hearing but uh deaf and <laughs> i don't know I, I don't want to use the wrong terms and offend anybody but she has multiple disabilities so there could be a lot of focus on that instead of hey we have this fun marvel show that probably right. includes daredevil and kingpin in, in, in some capacity um so instead kind of not getting it out of the way, but dropping it all at once concentrates the conversation, hopefully on what's good about the show instead of the outside racist conversation, uh, sexist conversation, et cetera. That's interesting. I I hadn't thought of that. Um, But I, I do think there are creative reasons to do it. If it does feel more like one propulsive story, uh, if it's like almost movie-esque in the way they made it, even though it was picked up as a TV series, it makes sense to drop it all at, all at once. Like we, We're all obviously just speculating on all these things. It just 
strikes me as odd. And given all the changes that have happened with the MCU's content, this sticks out as something is different here for some reason. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm certainly trying to be positive about it. I always want something to work. I always want it to be good. Like I mentioned, and I thought I love Echo. Yeah, the, she was Hawkeye great and the comics. Hawkeye. One of my favorite mm-hmm. characters from the comics. So, yeah. So fingers crossed the show is good. It's going to be a lot to watch all six episodes of one day. But I guess we'll see what happens. Let's briefly talk about Loki, though, because there are at least two things going on there. One. Loki, when it first came out, was the first show. There was a whole promo where Tom Hiddleston said, hey, Wednesdays are the new Fridays. We're now doing Marvel shows on Wednesdays. Here we go. And this is premiering on a Friday. So Hmm. what do you think's going on there? Why have they moved back to that? Maybe his calendar's messed up. Maybe Mm. he's like, maybe when he said Wednesdays are the new Fridays, he meant Sums up my calendar. Now Wednesdays are Fridays. Help. I don't know how to take a break anymore. I'm a anymore. trickster god. I'm switching yeah. all the days around. Exactly. Sundays or Saturdays. Ooh. What a great prank for all of us. Mm-hmm. I, I do think there's a possibility that maybe Ahsoka ends on a Wednesday and then mm-hmm. the first episode of Loki is going to stream on a Friday and then it'll move to Wednesdays thereafter. They obviously aren't releasing the full schedule. Or anything like that. Uh, But I guess we'll see what happens. Certainly they're playing around with things as Disney is figuring their stuff out. The other... One thing on that, I do, you know, the day of the week, I feel sort of agnostic too, but I I do think Sunday shows are fun. Like the Mm -hmm. the idea of having a Sunday show. But one thing I've this season I've been enjoying is um, Yellow Jackets is a Sunday show, quote unquote, but they drop the episodes on Friday. And I feel like I'm getting away with something when I watch mm-hmm. it on Friday. And yeah. I've been liking that. It's like a little secret. I also, frankly, if you're going to do a big show, I feel like Friday is a better day than Wednesday. Because, like, not everybody watches it at 3 a.m. the morning that it drops. Certainly the hardcore fans do. We do. We wake up at 3 a.m. every day anyway, too. Yeah, we have problems. Yeah. yeah. But... Friday allows people to be like, oh, yeah, I saw this conversation about Loki. There was some fun stuff in the episode. I'm going to watch it over the weekend versus Wednesday is like that's the middle of the week. Then there's all these days where you have to work and do other things. Disgusting. Grass. Yucky. Yeah. So we'll see. The other part of it, and I know we were sort of lightly joking about this earlier, but something we've talked about here on the podcast before, now that we know they're releasing it October 6th, if something happens with Jonathan Majors, do you think they have enough time to refilm or change around the season at this point to head in a different direction? Well, I saw something, um, uh, some article about like, actually, Kang's not a big part of Loki season two. I was like, yeah, he's not a big part. <laughs> that seems even crazier than the idea that he that he they're changing. Like it's. I would think Kang, it's a direct line from season Mm -hmm. two of Loki right into the larger moves in the MCU movies. So I don't think they'll change it. I bet they'll let this air no matter what decision they make and then make their change. Because if they do change out Jonathan Majors because of the um, allegations and potential charges that he's facing, I think that they will find a creative solution and not just recast. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Also of note, and mind you, I was not watching this particular upfront presentation, but apparently Kevin Feige didn't mention Jonathan Major's name when he was listing off cast members. You know, he was like, we've got Tom Hiddleston. We've got Owen Wilson. That's it. Wow. (laughs) So... 
and you know who I'm not going to say who. Well, that's the thing is like this is a very serious situation. When Marvel's treating it like like a hiding the ball, like a three card Monty situation, Mm -hmm. it's not nice. It's not good. They need to own the situation a little bit more than they have been. Well, let's move on to something a little more positive or interesting. Uh, neither of us are really wrestling guys, but Seth Rollins apparently has mm. joined Captain America 4 in a mystery role. Certainly seen some scuttlebutt, some rumors about him being part of, and maybe this is a spoiler, but being part of the Serpent Society in some way yeah. in the movie. He's got serpent energy. He's got sort of a sheen. Mm-hmm. He does. Uh, yeah, to me, this feels like knowing... So many things are going on in the movie that you've got, like, maybe the Serpent Society. You've got, we're about to talk in a second about Sam getting a new uniform. You have all these hulks, like we've talked about before. My feeling is this almost feels like a crossbones of the first part of Civil War thing, where you open up on Sam Wilson as the new Captain America, flexing his stuff. Last time we saw him was Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Now he's full-fledged Captain America. He's fighting the Serpent Society, six people at the same time, taking it down. They're like, thank you so much, Captain America. And then that kicks us into whatever the main Red Hulk uh, leader plot potentially is going to be. Yeah, I mean... The some of this has to be smaller. Like, I feel like we, we talk about these news stories where it's like, this is the movie. And it's like, this movie is chaos. If it's all of these things at once. So, so I don't know. I mean, Serpent Society, uh, interesting. There's also Sons of the Serpent, mm-hmm. uh, which is, has a little bit more. That's like a, a racist group. I feel like that keys into some of the issues mm-hmm. that are talked about more. So maybe that's more what is Serpent Society is, um, just as supervillains with snake themes. But is more of a Captain America villain. So I don't know. It feels like that could be something that's happening here. I don't know. But um, the interesting thing about Sons of the Serpent is all the like hard, racist, like horrible villainy, but also snakes. So Mm -hmm. it feels like that that's a good Marvel thing for them to key into because it's like they can be like, why are you dressed as snakes and just being racist? It doesn't make sense. It's also, I'd say, a lot of green stuff. If they have the Serpent Society and also Hulk's. A lot of green. I don't know. Mm, and that point. kicks us into our next. Thank you. And that kicks us into our next discussion, which is Sam Wilson reportedly is going to get a new suit in Captain America Four. Every single Good. set picture seems like it's been filmed from 500 miles away, and always has a bar or a piece of film equipment in front of the costume somewhere. So we haven't got a clean look at it. But I would say the the first thing I was struck by from all of these photos. It looks like Captain Marvel's outfit instead of Captain Mm. America's outfit. Uh, What's your takeaway from it? Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, you know, there are only – that color scheme is what it is. There's Mm -hmm. not a ton of stuff you can do with it without it feeling uh, sort of reminiscent of each other. Um, And let's say, you know, that we've seen the photos, though. Unless these are staged, they're they're not going to take a big or different swing. So I just think it's a – Maybe unfortunate coincidence. Yeah, it might be an unfortunate coincidence. It also just makes sense uh, to be absolutely callous and businesslike about it. This is the sort of thing they do to sell more action figures. They're like, hey, give Mm. them a new costume in the movie so we can have new costume cap in Captain America 4. We can sell multiple action figures. We can sell video game skins, et cetera, et cetera. I hope they have a different name than new costume cap. (laughs) 
for him. <laughs> that one's a little on the nose, you yeah. know. I, I got fired from my job at the action figure naming factory, by the way. Oh. I, I don't know if I told you that. Oh, wait. Sorry. I've, I've been meaning to ask you this. It's a factory just about the naming? <laughs> yeah, we don't or actually make the, the action figures. Oh, you just sort of put the names together like we on put an the assembly names. line? There's nothing, there's nothing on the assembly line. We sort of we go through the motions like Lucy mm-hmm. in that uh, you know famous clip from I Love Lucy. <laughs> the only, okay. only relationship I have with factories is yeah. No, you're a you're a you're a real life human who's like factories, factories. Uh, Laverne and Shirley, Shamil Shamazel, got you. Yeah, I know what a factory is. It's where you put a glove on something and it, your friend picks yeah, it up. That's later. where all the fruit roll up flavors get mixed up. I know that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that happens all the time, and everyone's fine with it. Yep. Oh, man, they really got to look at standards at that fruit roll-up factory. Anyway, let's move on to uh, not entirely surprising, but nice to get this confirmed piece of news. The and spoilers here, I guess, for the end of Guardians 3. But the high evolutionary does, in fact, survive at the end of Guardians 3. They were pretty subtle about it, but James Gunn confirmed it on Twitter. If you uh, see the scene where they're all leading the animals out of the high evolutionary ship, there's a shot in the background of Drax actually carrying the high evolutionary over his shoulder at the end of the movie. Then he is locked up somewhere on nowhere and he is alive. Um, That's great. I'm glad they did that. Yeah. I'm curious. I mean, like I I think I said on another episode of this podcast that High Evolutionary feels like a a villain with larger aspirations or like has more a larger power set than we saw in Guardians 3. So I think it could be more of a Thanos style uh, villain going forward. Potentially, or alternately, if you want to go with the Guardians, who are basically the Fast and the Furious family, but in space, he might be on the team next time. Great point. Great yeah, point. Bringing the Obviously. Coronas, the space Coronas. Yeah, yeah, space Coronas. <laughs> Different, because it's like but the Corona of the sun. It's great. I am a big fan of, like, don't kill off the characters. If you kill off the characters, they're done. And granted, we're in a comic book superhero world where you could bring people back at any point. Gamora obviously died and was back in Guardians 3. Groot died and then there's a new Groot. So all of this stuff is possible, but you really cut down on the stories once you kill off the villains, and it's so much more interesting if they come back and do something again. So Agreed. Good stuff. Here's another one. This is a follow-up from a couple of episodes back. If you remember in the trailer for Across the Spider-Verse and presumably also in the movie Across the Spider-Verse, there is a joke about that nerd from Earth 166666 or whatever it is. one nine 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 nine. I think, is the MCU designation. And Doctor Strange really messing up the timeline. They have confirmed that's just a joke that it's not connected to the MCU. They're not going to have further MCU connections. This comes from the co-director, Ken Powers, who explained the world of Miles Morales and Spider-Verse. It's not tied into the Marvel Cinematic Universe or anything like that, but this is a Lord and Miller film. We like to have a little bit of fun. We like to be a little bit meta and to acknowledge the world in which we are creating these stories. That's the best way to explain it. Nice. I mean, what's the difference between a joke and a real multiversal connection? Aren't they really just about the same thing? (laughs) They are pretty much the same thing. I do appreciate it, though, because I think we do this. This is the whole concept of our podcast. But people spend a lot too much time delving into (laughs) the connections between these things. And sometimes it could just be a joke. And that's okay. 
Yeah, and I like, of course, if I were in their position, I would, of course, make that joke. It's mm-hmm. right there. They're doing the same thing. Spider-Verse was doing multiverse before MCU was doing multiverse, so they got to take ownership of the multiverse. And I think that's fun and totally fine. And uh, to say it's a joke is weird because it's also real. There's no way that that's not real. So right. it's a joke in the movie for the purpose of the story, but it's also real. Right. Why would they not have a connection to the MCU, but would have a connection to, like, a gloop planet or whatever from well, a storytelling perspective? Well, maybe they can't, right? I mean, I know there's all the collaboration between Sony and Marvel over at Disney, but at the same time, there's contractual things that they can and can't do. They're... Maybe it gets into something if they're like, yeah, Tom Holland is doing this. Then that cuts down on a movie that they otherwise can do with Tom Holland in terms of an actual Spider-Man movie. So I don't know. I'm, I'm That's no fair. But also there's a, the connections are already there. Like it's. Yeah. By the way, I should mention I got fired from the lawyer factory. Did I mention that to you? Yeah. That's where lawyers go. They walk in naked and walk out in a suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's called their birthday suit, confusingly. <laughs> well, it's because they're being birthed into the law Exactly Last but not least, let's, well maybe least Let's go to a little bit of Rumor Patrol This comes from the Insider on Twitter Who has been dropping mm. a lot of rumor stuff all the time uh, But Jeff Loveness, who has been writing Kang Dynasty He says that he is off Kang Dynasty And has in fact been off Kang Dynasty for a while Before the writer's strike So this is not a pencils down thing um, What do you think about this? Well, I think that's another indicator in the pile where King Dynasty may be changing into a film that doesn't have that title even. Mm -hmm. Yeah, potentially. I I think that is a strong indicator that even though we've been told repeatedly Disney and Marvel haven't had any conversations at all, they haven't even considered anything with Jonathan Majors, nothing has cropped up in any meetings whatsoever, that in fact, maybe it has a little bit. Maybe it's something they've discussed internally. I don't know. I like the idea that it's like, just because they haven't said it outwardly, that in Marvel's like on a list, they're like, oh man, we got to talk about this major thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're not even out of time about. at the meeting again. All right, we'll get uh, into the next one. Sorry. We covered uh, water delivery for the uh, conference room, but we have to get to this majors thing. Yeah. It's a major thing. Yeah, maybe the movie will be called um, "This Evolutionary Is High." Mm, there we go. I guess we'll see what happens. I do think we're going to hear potentially at Comic Con about a lot of different changes to the schedule for Marvel coming up. Obviously, a lot of that will depend on the writer strike and the potential Screen Actors Guild strike that may happen as well. And completely oh, yeah. shut, shut everything down. That's coming. Yeah. Uh, but the vote, you know, the, the SAG members are, are voting currently on whether or not they want to. Strike. And if yeah. there is a strike, it'll happen June, June. Uh, yeah. June 30th. June. Yep. Right? End of June. I think end of June. Same which as is, the DGA. Yeah. Which is right before Comic-Con, which happens uh, July 12th ish. So going to be an interesting time. And do you know any actors? Do you think they're into striking or they'd rather just not strike? <laughs> hmm, that's a really good question. Would actors like to walk around and have their photo taken and get to talk to a lot of press people? I don't know. And fight for their rights, Alex. Uh, and uh, fight okay. for their rights. Be, talk passionately about things. Have that they is. already been doing that on the writer's strike and taking all the focus away from the writers? I don't know. Intensely so. <laughs> yes, very much so. When I was picketing last week, I got I, I am in SAG as well, but I was holding a SAG sign and I felt like I was like in junior high. <laughs> oh boy. 
All right. I guess we're going to see what happens again. If you got any tips or stories you want to cover, email us at comicbookclublive at gmail.com. Our inbox is filling up from that Feige guy. It's just yeah. too much. We can't read it. KevinFeigeRules.com. Yeah. There was one email I was just looking through the inbox. It says, subject line, what we're doing about Jonathan Majors. I guess we'll get to that next podcast. Yeah, right? definitely next week we'll get to it. Definitely. Once we week. just got to open the email. If you'd like to support our podcast and all the podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Marvel, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous. Another great day in the podcast factory.